Profiles in Teaching with Technology is a podcast series created by Music First, a company dedicated to providing world-class cloud-based tools, content, and classroom management platforms to music teachers around the world. Each episode features a K-12 music educator who uses technology to enhance their teaching in innovative ways. We'll discuss the what, why, and how of their technology integration and hopefully share some teaching strategies that you can use in your own classroom. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. There you'll be able to find out about all of our platforms, as well as sign up for a free 30-day trial. Aurelia Azulay-Gita co-founded Music, the collaborative music reading solution that transforms PDF sheet music into interactive scores. With a master's degree in business and a master of science in consulting and organization, her ambition was to create a solid bridge between the business and cultural worlds. That's why she started her professional career as a communication officer at the Chateau de Versailles in France, promoting the concerts and ballets produced at the Royal Opera. Passionate about music, Aurelia participates in many jazz, soul, and pop musical projects as a soloist singer. When she started the music adventure in 2014, it was first as a marketing director and then as a sales manager before becoming music CEO in 2020. Mastering four languages, French as a mother tongue, English, Spanish, and Hebrew, she loves traveling to the four corners of the world and meeting educators and musicians in order to enhance music's possibilities. I'm very pleased this week to welcome to the podcast Aurelia Azoulay Gaeta. Uh, all the way from Paris, France. So thank you for joining us, Aurelia. I have known about your company for a few years now, and we were really excited that we could finally uh, make it work, do something together and bring music to the music first world. So welcome to the show, Aurelia. Thank you very much, Jim. I'm very happy to be here. So um, why don't we start off, get uh, let people get to know you a little bit and talk about your career path? Like, how did you get involved in music all the way back to uh, high school uh, up to where you are today? So like the five, 10 minute kind of snapshot of your career. Okay. So uh, I've just turned 30. So my career path uh, will be quite short. Uh, I've studied in a business school uh, in France. So I'm, as you might have heard, uh, I'm uh, originally from France and I actually, I live in Paris uh, at the time of my studies, I was um, already involved in uh, musical projects uh, as I was uh, the lead singer um, in uh, musical projects uh, like uh, musicals. And I was extremely involved and I knew I wanted to put my business skills to good use and in the music industry. That's really what I wanted to do. And I saw all my friends jumping to consulting uh, uh, jobs in, in more um, like more like. Uh, general uh, fields and I, I wanted to focus in the music. And yeah. that's why after I graduated, I've directly jumped into a, a position in, um, in the Palace of Versailles, the Chateau de Versailles. Wow. Where, yeah, that, that was really exciting because all my friends were working on like uh, quite boring places while I was like just in the Chateau near uh, Louis XIV and all the the great gardens and that was like a, a great experience and and in the palace of versailles there is like an opera the royal opera so i was in charge of promoting all the concerts it was mostly baroque concerts and and classical concerts and operas and that was really exciting for me to 
starts uh, like having this first uh, job experience in this great place. So that's how I started. And very quickly and naturally, I have started music and here I am. Like, I mean, it's like eight years of, of uh, passionate work at, at music. And we just met like in a rehearsal uh, and we just decided to, to start the project because we just felt the pain of just handling and managing paper scores. And we really wanted to contribute and to bring something in, in, this, um, in this world. So that's, that's I think, my, my path. I don't know if I was like clear enough. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you you were you were in this gig promoting concerts at the the Chateau de Versailles, which I've been to. It's absolutely probably yes. the most opulent building I've ever been in. Um, and you you met someone and, and decided, hey, let me take my music business degree, my love of, of music, and let's just make a company. And that was it. Yeah, actually, in parallel of my like Chateau de Versailles experience, I was involved in scout projects and we organized like the 100th anniversary of the scout movement. Oh. And for, for this celebration, we organized a huge concert with like like dozens of, of tunes to sing and to play. So we had to prepare this concert and at each week we had to meet with the with my friends at the scout movement and we just couldn't stand anymore like working with paper every time you know you, you are very familiar with this but we were like used to forget the paper the, yep. the paper was scribbled with like markings that were useless at the time and it was an outdoor concert so so when we played the the paper would like fly wow. <laughs> yeah so that was i think all the all the the conditions to just hate paper scores like really hate it so it's just at that moment where we we wondered, okay, let's just quit our jobs and and let's just try to do something and to to improve this um, this uh, workflow with the sheet music because we come from business schools and and we are very familiar with technologies and and we just see that in the book industry in the newspaper industry things are changing things are shifting and why not in for digital scores why why couldn't read out of uh, digital supports. So that's really how we started, and I just quit my job at, at the Palace of Versailles and, and started this um, this amazing experience. Wow, that's really cool. I, I didn't know, <laughs> that's really neat. I, I love that, that's just like uh, jump into the deep end and let's do this. I, did you have yourself any technology experience or did you did you partner up with somebody who did? Uh, actually, from the team, I think I was the one that had the like the less experience in technology but you know i'm i'm 30 i just grew up with like the start of social network yeah. and technologies and my study i i made my studies with computers that that was quite obvious and natural for me just to read off like ipads to just read my music so i think my experience was more like a, as a user i would say yes right um, and within the team, we had like uh, engineers and, and product people that were really like um, with, with a strong background in this um, in this field. That's amazing. Very, very cool. So you're kind of like the visionary. You came, you know, you had the idea, you found the the need for it. And then you got together a group of, of, of friends, colleagues. And, and now eight, eight years later, here you are with a uh, 
an absolutely fabulous product. So for, for our listeners who are not already familiar with what Nuzik is, can you give um, an, an explanation? What, what is it? Why would they need it? And, and kind of the different use cases uh, for Nuzik? Yeah, yeah sure. Um, I think that Nuzik was born because of the need of migrating from paper scores to digital scores right. in, in, in the most uh, professional way, in the most decent way. So our goal was to be superior uh, um, of the paper uh, and yep. and the sheet music is extremely useful it provides so much information and we really wanted to magnify the sheet music so i think that our main mission is to improve the workflows that uh, all the musicians can experience with sheet music so we built uh, eight years ago an ios app it was mostly ipad and uh, iphone apps and mm -hmm. and and now it, it has evolved, but the, 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 the main mission was to enable musicians to store. And that was revolutionary because we're the only cloud-based uh, library uh, management. So it was the idea to store all the sheet music into a single place right. so that you can access your, your music from your iPhone, from your iPad, offline on the train, or on any device, basically. And at that time, um, a sheet music reader uh, apps already existed, but not on with this cloud-based approach, which is so different and which brings so much possibilities when you're cloud-based. So eight years ago, that was a real uh, revolution to provide like a system where we can just have a login access and just have your music all the time, anytime and anywhere. So I think that was the starting point, like to build a solid platform where you could store, organize and um, and manipulate uh, all your music in one place. That, that's, that's really the, the, the heart of, uh, of music. And it's so useful for so many musicians that can just switch their luggage when they're traveling around the world with their music into just a thin tablet. And yes. I think you everyone can picture how beneficial it is for for travelers for musicians that have to deal with tons of of, of scores and then the the second layer of our like dna i would say is to besides of being a great individual organizing tool was it was to provide collaborative environments yes because when you're practicing the music, uh, you're practicing on your own, but eventually you're always sharing something with either your teacher or your, uh, your singer fellows or your musicians fellows. So uh, we built from day one a way for musicians to share in real time all the markings, all the recordings, all the content uploaded with the other members of the group. And that saves a tremendous amount of time when it comes to prepare the music, to annotate the music, to rehearse and to play. So that these are the two main like pillars we've built to facilitate musicians' life individually or within a group. No, I love it. I, and I, I um, the idea of, you know, you having, you as a conductor, being able to put in rehearsal markings 
and have them show up uh, on the students, uh, you know, copies of their parts uh, is just, uh, I remember, I think that was one of the first, the first time I met you, I, I remember you were in our offices in New York City. Um, and I saw that technology, I think for um, anybody that's ever played live uh, gigs, uh, whether you're a jazz musician and orchestral player, or, you know, you're playing for a wedding. Um, it's the transmission of the sheet music of the tunes and the, you know, these giant books that are up on the stands. Um, it just is such a, to me, a no brainer um, solution. You know, you're uh, a lot of people might think, I don't know how, how you deal with this, but a lot of people, especially in the music education world, love paper um, mm -hmm. just because it's, you know, it's a simple, cheap way uh, to, to transmit notation. But like when I was a band director, um, the amount of times I would hear somebody who had lost their part, had lost oh. their folder, had not brought it to the rehearsal uh, can be really uh, extremely frustrating, let's put it that way. So you're always at the photocopier, which is, you know, an infringement. You're not supposed to be doing that. But every every band, choir and orchestra teacher I know um, was doing that type of thing. So to be able to transmit it digitally and put your annotations, it's it's really such yeah. a fantastic tool. And, and really, I love paper too. You know, I, yeah. I also have a hybrid uh, system where for some configuration, I would prefer using this specific paper edition. But when it comes to a large scale work involving other members, digital scores are an obvious uh, uh, way to just boost the efficiency. Yeah. And for instance, you're mentioning uh, annotations, but we realize also that teacher loves the system because they don't have to multiply the number of versions of the music and right. all the students are on the same version because it's always the same PDF file that is like self-improving. Uh, That's the same master file. And the version uh, system is also extremely confusing when you deal with paper because sometimes you're not even, you're not working on the same sheet music, uh, basically. And yep. that, that never uh, happened when you work on... Uh, uh, a collaborative environment within music. Yeah. Uh, so, um, just shifting the conversation a little bit, Aurelian, and I'll, we'll get um, towards the end of the podcast. I'll I'll remind listeners how they can try out music for themselves. But um, you are, and and on my next podcast, I'm also talking uh, to a female business leader in the tech industry. And as you probably know full well better than anyone. Um, there aren't a lot of uh, women in certainly in the tech industry writ large, but also, but, but more specifically leading a company. I know this is a bit of a left turn, but I'd love to know, um, you know, in, in the United States, we don't, we're really, as you probably know, we're very geocentric. We think a lot about, oh, well, everybody must do things the way we do here in the United States. And I, I, I would imagine that things are, a little, even a little more uh, possibly different in, in France, uh, the male domination of the tech space. Uh, mm -hmm. I just like to get your thoughts on it. What's it like um, navigating that landscape? Is, is it a challenge or is it something you're not really even thinking about? Um, that's, that's a really interesting question. And I think my answer today will evolve in 10 years from now, even mm. five. And I think my answer uh, five years ago uh, would have been different. Uh, yes. 
which is a good sign because I think there is a great trend. And I think that we are underrepresented in the tech and music industry. I Definitely. think that if you cross like both tech and industry, it's even more like uh, um, underrepresented. Yep. But at the same time, I, I really see that um, more and more women are uh, embracing engineering studies and like, I, I mean, in, in the tech industry. So I think that there is one um, like generation that is still suffering from underrepresentation. But I'm, I'm, I really have like a lot of hope for the next generations because things are changing and, and women uh, start believing that they can work in the tech industry, uh, either in, um, in a tech position or in the leading position. But myself, to, to tell you my own story, I, when I started music, I was, um, I was working with the former CEO, who is uh, like uh, Raphael Schumann, a very good friend of mine. And when, when he decided to leave music and he asked me to just take his role, I, I had this first um, reaction of not feeling capable of. And I think that's, mm. um, I think that's something uh, that stands on like uh, generations of generation of like a mentality that we believe that women cannot lead. But once you, you go over this psychological barrier, because that's really psychological, you just realize that you can be a leader like every other male. Uh, the, the leadership is even different because I think that our decision-making process is different where we have a, a different way to approach problem and to solve them. And I think it's really um, rich and uh, complementary with, yep. uh, with male uh, leadership. So what I would say is that I'm very opti optimistic in the future that more female leaders will uh, will emerge and also it's just you need to cross the psychological barrier and just believe in yourself and I, I tr I'm truly convinced because I, I've been through this, uh, these dots uh, that once you just believe in yourself you can just create new leaderships like path and and really enjoy your work and and hopefully inspire like your members like um, I hope. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, Aurelia, the reason I ask is that I was raised by uh, my, you know, my parents. My mother uh, had, uh, because my mother was a Broadway dancer, and when I was born, mm -hmm. I ended her career. And so she opened up a dance studio in our basement. Yes. And, and 50 plus years later, giving away my age, uh, it is an incredibly successful business that she has run for 50 years. She's won all types of women in business awards. And I've always just looked at her, not with any other thought than, well, my mom run, you know, my mom runs a business that, you know, it's the only thing I've ever known in my life is women mm -hmm. as business leaders. And then, you know, when I got into the world of teaching, specifically music mm -hmm. teaching, I felt immediately that I was, um, uh, you know, that, that there weren't, there weren't anywhere near as many men in music education as there were as, as, as women. Um, that was just my feeling wherever I went to any uh, conference when it was, I was like, wow, there's a, definitely a lot more women here. And I, so I've just always grown up in that world. And then when I made the jump to the corporate world 15, mm -hmm. 15 years ago, it was just the polar opposite. It was just like, wow, this is very, very different. I, you know, yeah. it's, uh, you know, I remember the first day of the job. And I know I'm, I'm getting away from the point. I will come back to music, but I just remember the first day of the job, this kind of 
male machismo kind of uh, vibe to the company I was working for going, this is weird. Like, this is not, this is not. So um, I know that at Music First, um, I'm very proud of the representation uh, that we have. We have uh, five directors and three of them are women, um, which I'm super proud of and we keep trying. But um, I personally think that the perspective that women bring to uh, business, to music tech business specifically, is so incredibly necessary mm -hmm. when the people who are using the products are primarily, you know, I don't know if it's if it's the same in France, but certainly here in the United States, the, the, the majority of our customers are, are, are women and you need yeah. those perspectives. Sure, I, I, I definitely agree with you. And I don't know what actions should be done in France, for instance, we have quota system where at least for some uh, leadership position, we have some, like, you know, you we have to elect a woman uh, uh, more specifically. Mm. And in the past, I wasn't so, I didn't approve that much this strategy because I felt that was, that was like positive discrimination. Yeah, understood. But at some point I realized that, okay, that's not natural, but let's force things so that eventually it will become natural. So I don't know if, if it's in the US that's the same, if, if there is this type of quota system, but I think it's a, it's a useful tool to, to show to the younger generations, you can do it. Look at, look at this, you can have some models uh, uh, working yep. in great positions. Yeah. Absolutely. So we're going we're gonna to switch gears now and talk about something that, believe it or not, we're still talking about two plus years later, and that is the, uh, COVID. Um, COVID had an impact on everyone's business, certainly music first. We just had this kind of explosive growth. And I know that your story at music was a little different because, and correct me if I'm wrong, up until the outbreak of COVID, you had uh, a lot of business with professional orchestras who were mm -hmm. using music to distribute the music to their to their players. And then in March of 2020, that entire industry completely shut down. So I'd love to know what music did to get through that, how you pivoted and 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 how you are today. Yeah, but that's exactly the, the story. Before before COVID stroked, we were like uh, I think most of our users were performing musicians. Uh, so COVID was really tough for us mm. as a business, but also emotionally, uh, because we saw all our community prevented from expressing their art. So that was both uh, business-wise and uh, emotionally very a difficult time. Uh, and we had like just to find a new way to serve musicians uh, in this context of just no performance. So what we, the shift we did, so we did like a, a product shift and, and I think also like we we oriented the product to other type of um, of musicians. The first shift we did was to really develop the web version of music uh, because as as I told you earlier, like music originally comes from like iOS app, iPad, yep. iPhone, and we we realized that uh, the iPad is the great tool for uh, performance, and that's really why we we built the the, the solution on iPad because the solution was first aimed at solving performance uh, uh, pains. But when COVID struck, we just decided to jump into the web solution to help more musicians that don't necessarily have iPads because they're not necessarily either performers or they cannot just afford buying an iPad or have Chromebooks. 
to use music again in the collaborative way to just share content, share markings, all of this in this remote context that was already uh, built in uh, our system. And the web version just um, uh, was released. So I think that the main shift was to focus more on the web version of music. Uh, and the second shift, and I think you're, you're pretty involved because we had this call, uh, I think the, in March, 2020. Yes, uh, yeah. That, that was really like a trigger for us because we, we've always wanted to, uh, to offer music to um, teachers and like schools and uh, educational uh, contexts, but we, we just didn't uh, really focus on it before COVID. And one, once it happened, we just had this call and we just wondered, okay, with the web version and with the optical music recognition system, we were building anyway. So COVID just accelerated this trend. Right. Music is clearly a good option for remote collaboration and on-site collaboration, hopefully at some point between yep. teachers and students. So that's really, I think the, the real shift was to move from a performance-based tool to a preparation, distribution, and ultimately performance tool uh, for education. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that um, you know we saw, and, and one of the reasons why when we had this conversation, I remember being so excited to talk to you saying, if you can do this, um, you know, this is really what the market needs. And at the time it was definitely, you know, impacted by remote learning and virtual, but it, it quickly, you know, as we're getting out of that, it, it's becoming more and more to me, just an obvious tool. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the ability for a teacher, if you think about it in the remote world, and I'm just going to talk about your product in a, in a very positive way for a minute here. Um, you know, the ability for a music teacher in any hybrid, in-person, virtual, totally, whatever the situation is, for them to transmit music to a student and say to the student, I would like you to play this and hear this and then perform it, record it, and then send it back to me, um, seems like a really simple thing to do. But in reality, it wasn't. And in the music first classroom, we one of the, when I remember our first conversations, you know, we were giving, um, teachers were giving their students PDFs and then a recording task. And the student would basically need to have either two screens or split their screen in half so that they could see the music and it wouldn't be big enough and they'd see the audio recorder. So it sounds easy, um, you know, from a, uh, at first glance, but when you actually think about, okay, my students have a Chromebook and I would like them to record a piece of sheet music that I've given them, easier said than done. So when I saw the um, ability for a teacher to upload a PDF of their uh, that they have, you know, um, or find something online or however they're getting their music into music and give it to the students, they can upload a YouTube video, they can upload a, uh, a an audio track to accompany it and just purely let the students record, see the music, hear the music, record the music. And then when you guys were talking about this idea of, well, if, you know, we can do this thing where we convert that PDF into a playable, an actual, you know, either a notation file or a MIDI file or all the magic that you do behind the scenes there, that really, to me, got me super excited. And, and we hear it so many times, you know, that 
that's the hard, you know, it sounds easy on paper. And then when you actually try and do it, it's really hard. So I know that from my perspective, Aurelia, that the, the, uh, as tough as COVID was on a personal level, and certainly you guys had to pivot really quickly uh, to even keep the lights on. I think that the net result of it is just one of the most powerful tools uh, that, uh, that any performance ensemble teacher can have especially given the devices that their kids have. You know, you just said that a lot of schools have gone away from iPads um, because Chromebooks were infinitely cheaper. Mm -hmm. um, and certainly that was a huge part of Music First Birth is that we said, well, iPads are gone. We better, we better start figuring out how to do this in the cloud on the web. So oh. I just wanted to say from my perspective how, you know, it's, it's nice to know that a really tough situation yielded a product and yielded a kind of a, a rethinking, of, or at least for the music education market, something that I, I personally believe that every music teacher should have. Thank you. I, I truly appreciate it. And I, I really remember how uh, positive you were in pushing us, like uh, enhancing our technology of music recognition. And, and myself, I use it on a daily basis because when, when I need to understand better a piano piece, for instance, I just scan the music and then I just click on play and I hear the music and I can mute the the, the left hand and, and just practice over it. And that, that's just, I can accelerate the tempo and, and transpose for other pieces. So the, the, the fact of just transforming like a static paper into a dynamic playable, like interactive uh, digital scores is, magnifying as i said at the very beginning we are magnifying the possibilities of paper and we truly believe that sheet music can help you become a better musician so we just combine all the tools to just practice better be better focus on your music and just get rid of all the staticity and and, and uh, heaviness of the paper yeah i mean i i every every band choir and orchestra teacher that is listening to this podcast right now i guarantee at some point in your career like you were i i used to conduct uh the musicals at the high school uh uh in in the district and i i did that for years and years and years and you'd have a student who could not sing the song in that range and i'd have like an mti score and I'd, and they'd say, well, I can't sing it. You know, you cast the person and now they need it transposed down, uh, you know, a major second. And for me, what that would mean is my weekend, I'd have to take every single book that the kids had that we'd rented and I'd have to handwrite the transpositions for all these kids because mm -hmm. they're kids. They're not professional musicians. You can't just say, oh, just take it down a step. And I'd be sitting there and it would it would take hours and hours and hours of my life to try to make sure that everybody had the part in the so whenever we picked cast members it was like make sure they can sing it in the right key because if they have to transpose it we know how much trouble that is it's just one of those things again i i, I say it's it's truly um a no-brainer um so let me um ask you why do you think uh now that i've gone and 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 said all that I think. <laughs> Why do you think music educators should adopt music, and how is it different than other? You know, it's it to me, it's two beautiful things in one. It's this your optical music recognition OMR scanning. It does that, but it also does this ability to share scores, annotate, collaborate, record. You know, add audio. 
why do you think people should adopt music? And, and, and from your perspective, how is it different from the other things that are out there? Yeah, I think that you, you greatly summarized the strength of, of music. And I think that uh, in, in the, um, the other apps, like you can find notation apps, great notation apps, but the need is not necessarily to create uh, music. Most right. of the time you have a huge library of paper scores. So the, the, the main like um, benefits of using music is that we can just uh, uh, turn your scores, your existing uh, library life, and, and we all have tons of scores. So I think that's that's the starting point. We are really not a notation app, and, and we believe that there is a room for a reading app because uh, paper and PDF files are are still like um, the standard formats uh, yeah. uh, for the upcoming years. By the way, we worked a lot with Music XML, and because we truly believe that in the future the format will, will be uh, a standard format, but as of today, PDF uh, is is prominent and it will be the case for the upcoming years. So I think that the why music educators should use music first to have their own library like just in one place. And I think as an individual musician working for years on building the library, that's just great to have everything and you can just print out the, the digital version for your students. So even if you don't use it for your for your students, you can uh, make the most out of it as an individual uh, musician uh, storing the library. Uh, and I think, yeah, as you said, OMR, like transforming the score into living, like into combined with uh, unique collaborative functionalities that don't exist at all uh, anywhere else. Right. Uh, should convince you uh, jumping into music. And we're the only a solution used by professional orchestras, which is uh, um, a great um, element of recognition for us because if you see an orchestra performing on iPads, they're necessarily using, using music because that's the only collaborative uh, solution available uh, today. So there are tons of great uh, features. For instance, you can privately write your own markings and turn public some other markings for your students. So we really have layers of privacy in the annotations you, you would provide to your students, which is like um, a real, real game changer uh, in the workflow. Yeah, I mean, it, right there, what you just said, if professional orchestras are using it, I think your band could do, <laughs> you know, they they could probably uh, be uh, successful with this. Again, I'm, I'm, I, I am a huge fan of what you do. And just, I'll, I'll take the minute now that if users, if you're, if you're intrigued, and I'm hoping that you are, and you haven't tried out music yet, there is a teacher only version, but at, at Music First, we really think you'll love the teacher and student version. It's $2 per student per year. Um, and we're running a six month promo right now. So if you wanna try it out for the rest of the year, you're only looking at a dollar a student, a dollar a user for the rest of the year, just go to musicfirst.com, fill out the demo request and, um, and, and add it. So. Um, I've got two more questions for you, Aurelia. First of all, um, I just want, uh, obviously, everybody listening knows uh, that um, you're, you know, you're 
coming to us directly from France and 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 that me, and English is not your first language. I think you're doing such a spectacular job. Mm, um, I really, my hat's off to you. Whenever I interview anybody uh, from another country where English isn't their first language, I'm blown away because I know, uh, I know I've, 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 I've written to you a few French things here and there. I could never possibly do it. So my hat's <laughs> off to you. Um, so advice, the advice question is, you know, what would you, what advice would you give to music teachers who are thinking of incorporating music technology into their programs? Maybe, you know, the, the one thing that COVID did was force everybody to use it. And then, you know, as soon as COVID, uh, the restrictions, uh, whereas at least some schools in the United States, they're, they're, the restrictions are, have been yeah. used quite a bit. And they might say, well, I never want to use technology again. Um, you know, I'm going to go back to the old school way of just, you know, singing and performing. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to any music teacher who's thinking of, of using music technology to enhance their program? Mm, uh, I would say that technology is not the future, like for, for musicians, that's, it's the present. And I can see that students are already using so many music apps and some of them are good. Uh, but some of them are not really reliable. I see mm. so many apps on music theory, on like uh, uh, music ear uh, practicing. And I think that as a teacher, you should like, like own this topic and reverse the balance so that you can advise the students and the parents on the best technology to use because the teacher remains the only person who can combine the musical expertise and the technological knowledge. And I think uh, today, we, we, I fear that there is a trend of like students learning so much like tools in apps, but it's not like well-curated uh, software. And to make sure they are like using the apps and technology on wisely, the teacher is the best person. So I would say go for it because you can influence uh, the students on the way he would consume technology in a wise way because we can really like get overloaded by technology and the goal is to to turn the technology as a positive element in music education and not as an overwhelming uh, uh, platform if you if you know what i mean so i just for that, I would recommend just to to in introduce technology and include technology in the program. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's like, um, you know, every student that's in those ensembles, I'm sure it's the same in France. Oh, when all you need to do is walk around any shopping area and see and look at kids and what's yeah. in their hand at all times, right? And I think one of the primary motivations for me starting music first 10 years ago was to because I wanted to get music on those devices uh, mm -hmm. and not just music for them to consume, but music for them to create, music for them to perform, to learn. Um, and you know, yeah, there are a lot of companies out there that, you know, they'll go, you know, full on into, oh, well, we've got to do, you know, music for, you know, kids and, and uh, apps and get them playing and creating. I think one of the things that, um, you know, music um, exemplifies is that it, it, it doesn't really do anything unless there's a trained teacher and a musician <laughs> performing it, right? It's, it, to me, it, it's a perfect explanation of 
if you just say, well, here's music, well, I can't do anything really with it other than play it. I, I, I need to perform. Um, I mean, it, it, I think it, it, it's a perfect example of, of what music technology should be. It's a thing to help make a task easier. And in this case, it's the transmission of sheet music. And if you're doing assessments and you need your kids to be performing, this just makes it a whole lot easier. So I, I really like and appreciate your answer. And I think that it's evident in the product you created. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. The music was born like by musician, was made by musician for musician. That's yeah. a, a, a pure, uh, the pure result and fruit of uh, of work from of musicians. So I hope we transmit this idea and 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 in our DNA, our goal is to really put all the environment to let the musician focus on the music. We have no advertisement at all, and we just try to have like like a low number of notification because we believe uh, the focus should be on the music. And Absolutely. That's our, our so my, my final question for you, Aurelia, and this is cool because you can actually have a hand in this, um, is the magic wand question. Um, and that is that if you could wave a magic wand and have music today, have a new feature or music technology in general, something that it can't do, what would it be? Yeah. Uh, I've thought uh, about this question. I think that something that hasn't been solved so far is uh, page turning. Uh, mm. Within music, you can turn pages with a Bluetooth loop pedal, which is already helping a lot. But Bluetooth loop pedal is not ideal in, in lots of configuration. And I would dream of a system that would hear the music played understand where the music is which bar and just turn automatically the music whether you're like playing on your own or within an ensemble orchestra with other same instruments so i think that's uh technologically very very complicated to just recognize one specific frequency understand the music but we're 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 advancing i think with artificial intelligence in like five to 10 years, this will be possible. Uh, I'm very confident and I hope that uh, we will make it. Like th that's something I would love to achieve with music because page turn is really one of the last pain points musicians, performing musicians can uh, can have uh, while they're performing. So, yeah. No, I agree. And yeah, air, air turn is an amazing product yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. love what they do. But you're right. And it's one of those things where um, if we could combine maybe something like practice first with mm -hmm. their um, audio recognition and have it be, you know, kind of auto scrolling. Uh, but, you know, professional musicians, they'd be like, I don't like the I don't like the speed it was it scrolls or I'd rather have this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right. It's a really that would be fabulous. Yeah, I, I would love like it, the the comprehension, the understanding comes from the live music played, like even not from like audiophile, you know, yeah. like you're just playing and it just turns automatically. But that's the, as you said, like you also want to control the page turns most of the time, so it might not uh, be the ideal solution for hundred percent of the musicians. But that's that's a feedback yep. we we have a lot from our community. Fabulous. Well, uh, Aurelia, thank you so much for spending time with us today talking about your fabulous product. Um, I'm sure, again, if uh, listeners go to musicfirst.com and get a demo, 
um, and try it out uh, with your students, you will not be disappointed. But uh, uh, Aurelia, I'll give you my best French, which is au revoir and uh, uh -huh. merci beaucoup revoir. For, uh, for doing the interview. Bravo. I really appreciate it. Merci beaucoup. Au revoir. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Take care. Thank you for listening to Profiles in Teaching with Technology from Music First. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. If you would like to stay up to date with other music teachers doing innovative things in their classrooms with technology, please subscribe to our podcast through whatever outlet you listen to podcasts on. Thanks for listening.